Are you a busy parent who's exhausted and stretched thin? Looking for parenting advice but don't know where to turn? Then welcome to the Power Parent Podcast, a podcast community devoted to empowering parents. Now here's your host, Pete Mara. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Power Parent Podcast. I'm Pete Mara and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. On this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Easter tradition of the Easter Bunny and what it means for parents to celebrate Easter and how as parents we might deal with or not deal with customs and traditions that perhaps go against our cultural or religious beliefs. I was working with a group of parents recently, and the discussion came up, should our children participate in things like Easter, and should we tell them about the Easter Bunny, because technically we're lying to them, and that's not what Easter's about, and it became a huge debate. So in this episode, I want to give you maybe some tools and some frameworks that you can use to begin to understand how we as parents might navigate this space of tradition, holidays, and yet reconcile it with our Christian understanding of our faith. So let's dive in. First, I think we have to understand a little bit about each holiday and each tradition that we're celebrating. And I by no means think that every holiday or every tradition should be treated the same way. But I do think that Easter is a very, very special holiday for a number of reasons. One, obviously our Christian tradition and the idea of the Lenten season brought on by Holy Week with everything that leads up to Good Friday and, of course, the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ and the meaning that that has for Christians and the idea of hope and everything that that entails. But I also think that just spring in general for non-Christians is an important time of the year. I mean, it's a great time of the year when people begin to kind of come out from the cold, uh, communities begin to reform the grass and things are getting greener. There's just this sign of vibrance and of life and of all these good things. And of course, I think one of the things that makes spring so attractive is, of course, the Masters Golf Tournament, which is a sign from God that spring is definitely the most important time of the year. Okay, that was a joke. But spring is a very important time of the year, and the traditions of spring kind of go hand in hand with that. Now, what most people don't realize or understand is that the idea of the Easter bunny and a lot of the Easter traditions that we celebrate really have historical Christian roots. The Easter bunny was actually brought over by German Lutherans in, the, I think, around the 1700s. As a result of that, it almost worked like a miniature Santa Claus. You think about you kind of have Santa Claus maybe in December time frame. Now, here we are in the April time frame, and we have another opportunity to check in on the children and make sure that they're being good because the Easter bunny or the Easter hare would basically bring colored eggs and candies and other things to children that were good. So it was a way to not only celebrate new life and new beginnings, but also a way for parents, of course, to keep kind of tabs on your kids and give them a, a reason to behave and to listen. As that tradition has morphed over the last 200 years, the Easter Bunny is now one of the most recognizable holiday icons or, or tradition items that, that exist. 
So it's it's easy to see quickly how a cultural phenomenon can maybe displace the true meaning of the holiday itself. Similar with Santa Claus, um, what Santa Claus has done to Christmas, maybe the Easter Bunny's done to Easter. But I think the piece for us to remember as Christians is how do we participate in this and still use that cultural holiday and that cultural framework to teach the lessons and reinforce the stories and narratives that we want to shape our children and that we want to shape our families and our communities. So in our family, one of the things that we do is we celebrate Easter and we, of course, celebrate the Easter bunny. But we have never talked to our children about the Easter bunny as if it was some type of hidden mythical creature. Uh, We've told them that the Easter bunny with the history, you know, we kind of bored them to death with the history and said that this is part of what what people do and this is why we do it. And we hid eggs, and we used the idea of hiding the eggs to use that as a great opportunity for our kids to go looking and go exploring. We, of course, used that time to talk to them about what it was like for the first disciples to go looking for Jesus in the tomb that morning. And we used the idea of the Easter eggs themselves. And nowadays, you know, they have the resurrection eggs. If you haven't seen those, I'd highly recommend a set of those if you're a Christian Uh, because I think they just do a great job of telling the resurrection story with Easter eggs. So you can scatter these little plastic eggs around inside your various children's Easter baskets or maybe at an Easter hunt, and then each egg has a different component of the story, the passion story, and it tells that narrative and helps reinforce the message. Now, the second thing we did with the Easter Bunny is we also used it as a time to make sure our kids understood that it was a great time to celebrate life and that the grass is getting greener and we do have chocolates and things to eat. And this is a time to be grateful, but it's a time to celebrate life. And the life that we ultimately had was the life that was given to us through Christ and through the resurrection that happened on Sunday morning. So we would tie that into the story of Easter as well. You know, I think these cultural moments that were given as parents give us a great opportunity to engage non-Christian believers in a way that is not offensive and it's not crazy. You know, you got to think about our message of of what it means to be Christian and what it means to be a follower of Christ and then find ways to to use and to integrate that message into what is meaningful for families. You know, now one of the big questions that keeps coming up in various circles is whether or not we should tell our children about, you know, who the Easter bunny is and who Santa Claus is and those types of things. But for, for our family, one of the things that we want to do is we always wanted to practice truthfulness with our children. So one of the things that children understand and get is the idea of games. So in our house, we have used both Santa and the Easter bunny and these other things as a game. I've not told them that the Easter Bunny was not real. What I told them is that everybody's playing a game. And just like in regular games that you play, if you play the game, you win the prizes. If you don't play the game or participate in it, you can't win the prizes. So when they were really young, we understood the Easter Bunny and all the kind of secrecy and the fun of the Easter Bunny and those things as we did and as they would understand it as a game. 
Then, of course, as they got older and started asking more questions about it, the question became, well, do you want to keep playing the game or do you not want to play the game? And they eventually got to a point where they said, yes, um, we want to play the game. So we, we, we survived another year. Then they got to the point where they said, well, we want to know, is this Easter Bunny real? And the answer was, well, no, he's not real. But if you want to still get chocolates and candies and those things, part of the game is not telling other little children that the Easter Bunny's not real because that ruins the game for them. So now you're an older child, you're mature, you've been smart enough to ask these questions. Daddy and Mommy have not lied to you, but it's important that if you want to keep playing the game that you don't tell the other children about about the game itself because it'll ruin the game for them and then you won't get the prize and they won't get the prize. Now, there's some people that would argue with me about this and that's fine. I I don't care. You can have your opinion. Uh, You can form it any way you want. This is just what has worked for us and several of our friends have adopted this as well. And it really gives us a meaningful way to let our children participate in the activities of the Easter bunny and the games and the social dynamics around that whole thing without having to um, lie to our children or tell them stories or things that of narratives that are, are definitely false. Now, another thing that we have personally done, and again, to each his own to a large degree, but we have focused Easter a lot more on the religious aspect of it and what it means for us as Christians and a lot less on what it is for our children to get or, or to participate in, you know, Easter baskets used to be some colored eggs and some plastic eggs full of candy and maybe a thing of of bubbles. You know, I remember getting bubbles as a kid and you could blow the bubbles and that was really cool. And there's something about bubbles in the spring and, you know, everything coming to life and nowadays, you know, there's there's Easter presents and there's Easter gifts and there's cars and there's golf clubs and there's presents and there's all these things. I think that kind of de- starts to detract away from the message of sacrifice, the message of love, the message of hope and of rebirth. So for us, we've just chosen to keep Easter really simple. I think as a parent, you have to decide where you're going to fall on that spectrum Um, I think the other thing that we've done is we've encouraged our children to use it as a time of giving so that we can, we can think about people who are in need and also give and let them participate in, in Easter and Easter time and what Easter means, because God has given us so much. How is it that we would choose not to give back to people who also are in need kids who may not have Easter baskets or candy or opportunity to get these things, especially children who may have never heard the story of Easter. So whatever it is that you decide to do as a parent, however you decide to participate in Easter, what I want you to do is I want you to be intentional about it and at least understand why you do or don't do certain things. I think it's really important for us as parents to kind of come at this with a game plan in advance so that we don't get caught off guard or flat footed. So no matter what you selected or what you do, I hope that you have a fantastic Easter. I hope that you know and understand the love that Christ has for you. I hope that you are blessed with time with your family and friends during this Easter. And I hope that you were also good this year and the Easter bunny shows up and brings you a little bit of candy uh, in your Easter basket, even as an adult. And for my friends that are listening, you know, Reese's peanut butter cups are always fantastic. 
And you can't go wrong with the good old Cadbury Easter eggs, which leads me to one final item. If you have enjoyed today's episode and found it useful, be sure to share it with a friend. Um, share share what's going on here at the Power Parent Podcast. And also, if you're on our Facebook page, the Power Parent Podcast Facebook page, uh, throw a note out there about your favorite Easter candy. I'm just kind of curious to see what our listeners like and, and what Easter candy wins the day. Thanks for listening, and remember, you are the difference. Thanks for joining us this week on the Power Parent Podcast. Be sure to visit our website, www.powerparentpodcast.com, where you can download valuable resources and tools to help you on your journey. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks for joining us, and remember, you are the difference.